You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner here and Derek Piper alongside as we give you a homecoming preview. There's a lot going on. They got the parade. We're recording this Friday afternoon. The parade Friday afternoon. What a beautiful weekend for that. What a beautiful fall weekend it is. And there's a lot going on around the game. But Derek Piper, I don't know how much we actually want to break down the actual homecoming game. With Illinois 31-point underdogs, as our Trevor Valise told us, it's the biggest spread at home since 2013. Yikes. Ouch, man. I'll just be paying attention to Jim Leonard's defense. That's, that's, that's right. all I'll be doing. Yeah, I mean, we got, to, we got to check out what else is going on out there in the coaching world, right? But, I mean, there's really not much to break down, and that's what's kind of sad. Like, I know uh, Robert Rosenthal, Illini board, wrote that, hey, BTM, why are you coming to this game? Like, leave us alone. But they should have had some leeway. I mean, week seven, Illinois should have been relevant, and fans should have been at least somewhat excited about the game. But, Based on what's happened on the field, sadly, there's not a lot to break down when you're looking at the number 16 six team in the country with that great rushing offense and efficient passing offense and the best defense in the country. It's just like I don't think people want to hear a breakdown of the game because there's really not a lot of hope here. Yeah, because we saw early on in that Michigan game where they get up 28-0 and the way they were running the football, it might be a situation where you're back in that same situation and Wisconsin doesn't let you in. Uh, they don't have the turnovers. Their defense is better. Their defense has given up, what, 27 points this whole season? Mm-hmm. So that's uh, going to be really tough. And I don't know. It, as far as the betting angle, I would have a hard time believing Illinois covers the spread two weeks in a row against top-level teams. And it's a 31-point spread, and you're saying that. I don't think it's ridiculous. It's just it, the actual fact that you're saying that. It seems so ridiculous. It is weird, Derek. I haven't, because of the state of the program and the uncertainty of the coaching staff moving forward, there hasn't been much in recruiting that is worth reporting on or really um, that people have any interest in because that doesn't matter. Um, but the staff has to continue to recruit. I know they went on the trail and, and really focused on future classes. This is a really small class they have right now, and I think with any of the spots they have left, probably got to go get transfers if the staff is coming back, but they're hosting a couple official visitors. So I actually did a football recruiting lounge for the first time in a couple weeks, and uh, four-star linebacker Antonio Doyle is visiting this weekend, and I don't think there's much of a chance there, but uh, Corey Patterson has a great relationship there. Um, Carl Reed, the Lutheran North Court, he's really tight with. Uh, and Antonio Doyle is one of the best physically imposing defenders in, in the Midwest. And, and boy, if you were 4-2, I, I think you might have a chance at him, just like I thought you might have a chance at Antonio Johnson or maybe have a chance to, to, to sway Mookie Cooper. But sadly, the season hasn't gone your way. And, and I feel like he kind of wanted to stay closer to home. He kind of wanted to be uh, around some prospects he knew because that's why he committed to Missouri. But he decommitted. Now Missouri's number 22 in the country. But the reason he did that is because LSU, Texas A&M, and uh, some other big-time programs, including Oklahoma, really want him. So just not a lot of hope there. But I think the more intriguing visitor here, Derek, is – Three-star quarterback, Deuce Spann out of Florida. His name's Gregory Spann. goes by Deuce because he's uh, Greg Spann II. And uh, he's a really intriguing 6'4", 185, 
really good athlete, great in the open field, uh, a little bit raw as a passer, but he's got a he's got a big arm and um, you know he's got to develop a little bit there. But with C.J. Dixon already on board, a four-star quarterback, some people might question why, but. For me, Derek, it's like take as many talented quarterbacks as you can with this program. The quarterback's been a problem for so long. I'll take as many as I can. So even though you doubt about the future of who, who will be coaching these guys, like this is a kid that I'm really intrigued by. I know Rod Smith had him really high on his list uh, of priorities at quarterback. He's had a pretty good senior year. And uh, I think you could get him because it doesn't seem like a lot of Power 5 programs are pushing for him. This is his first official visit. So why not push for it? Yeah, absolutely. This has not been a good quarterback room. You're still trying to rebound from when it was Jimmy Fitzgerald and Jeff George Jr. And I know Isaiah Williams is, is the future, and every, that's the guy that everybody wants to see. But to build depth and, and to have some different options, it's just in a really – you're in a really weird spot in recruiting. Yeah. And, yeah. and I wanted to ask you about that, just how tough is that knowing that recruits hear what goes on and maybe not so much out of the state but still that's something that's looming for for anybody that's thinking about going to Illinois yeah and Derek I, I think that's a great question and it's it's a spot the staff's in they, they have to keep grinding right on, on the recruiting trail they got to keep selling what they can sell which is opportunity and relationships which is what they are selling um but I, I can tell you I mean I know coaches might ask you your opinion and things like that I've had coaches attached to Really good prospects and top Illini targets asking me, what do you think? What, what, what's going on moving forward? And I, I can't give them an answer, right? It's, that's not my job really to give them the answer, but they're asking the question of, is Lovey going to be there? Um, what is going on? Why aren't they succeeding when everyone thought they would? And that's something Lovey Smith has to answer. It's something Josh Whitman is eventually going to answer. And really, I, I mean, Part of the whole thing of deciding whether Lovey Smith should be back, I mean, one, it's the results on the field. They're underachieving this year. Number two, it's what's your future look like? Can he get the most out of this roster? And while this roster, I think, is the most talented it's been since probably Ron Zook was here in 2020, is Lovey Smith going to get the most out of them? Um, that's a big question Josh Whitman has to answer, and I, based on this year, I, I don't think it's a yes. Um, and then, of course, can he recruit? And while they have good prospects, and I think, you know, guys like Deuce Span and, and some of these other prospects they're going after, they could put together a class with some highly ranked targets. They already have that with Dixon, Reggie Love, James Frenchie. You know, they have a good start to this class. It's just there's not a lot of them, and they're missing out on some targets they could get if they win. Where's recruiting going after this? And, and the other part is attendance. I mean, I think we'll see probably under 40,000 for a homecoming game against a top 10 opponent. That's a huge concern. So, yeah, it, it's really put it in an awkward spot. And really, it's just put it in mostly a dead spot besides the guys that don't have other big options. Like, like Deuce Span doesn't have a lot of guys going after him. So you're going to have to find a, a lot of maybe under the radar or, or guys that don't have a lot of Power 5 options. So you're right. It's, it's a weird spot. But the fact that high school coaches attached to big prospects are asking about Derek, I think that tells you all you need to know. Yeah, absolutely. And that makes it an interesting dynamic, too, is – you're talking about players attached to coaches, then what if coaches all of a sudden are recruiting with a sense of, well, if I've got certain names attached to me, a.k.a., mm -hmm. you know, Corey Patterson with James Frenchie and Reggie Love, and then on, on the roster already, Shimon Cooper and Isaiah Williams, are they going to have a case to stay if there is a change yeah. being made? That's another interesting part to, to think about. I think Corey Patterson has set himself up well, no matter what, right? Whether it's here, whether it's someone else, he has, he has set himself up pretty well. And, that's due to his relationships. Um, another uh, a nugget here, I'm, I'm told that three-star defensive end 
Trayvon Riggins could take an official visit this weekend. He's a Miami commit, so that's an interesting uh, one. I, I don't know if my, he visited Miami a couple weeks ago, um, but uh, that's another interesting possibility for Illinois. So it shows us the staff is, is still working, which they need to do, because as much as we might doubt it, Derek, what if they win three more games this year, get to five and seven and are competitive? Like All of a sudden, you could get another year, so yeah. they can't quit. All right, when we come back, let's dive into what the people want, Derek Piper, <laughs> and that's your expertise, Illini basketball. We'll talk about a big visitor weekend and not just Andre Curbelo, uh, but we will chat about him and a little bit of the off-season chatter. We're going to play a little bit of game of buy or sell with off-season buzz. That's all coming up on the Illini Enquirer podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Big recruiting weekend for Illinois basketball, Derek Piper. And, and it's not just Andre Curbelo, but of course, let's start with the headliner. Uh, for people who don't know, Andre Curbelo, a top 100 prospect, one of the Illini's top uh, targets at point guard uh, originally from puerto rico he's got um 22 offers according to our 24 7 sports database number 55 in the country nationally nine point guard according to the consensus ratings a four-star prospect let's just ask the big question Derek. what, what does he mean to illinois in the class of 2020 uh he is very very important very important for the future when you think about needing to replace Andres Felice as a pure point guard. Of course, Adam Miller is very important as well. Scoring combo, someone that can fill the shoes of Io or play a similar role. But Andre is really what you're looking for uh, as a facilitator, someone to come in and play within the offense and, and make plays, pass first point guard. He's as gifted a facilitator as I've really seen since I've started covering this. And, you know, Jalen Brunson's another one that comes to mind, Is was very savvy, just really beyond his years. Uh, of knowing how to manipulate defenses and, uh, you know, just set up his teammates. So, Curbelo, I- I've talked to some coaches. They've said, you know, he plays the game like a 30-some-year-old NBA <laughs> point guard. He makes some of those plays. Athletically, he's not super impressive. He's quick, but he's not explosive. He's not strong. Uh, he needs to improve his three-point shot. But just thinking about a potential, you would think, four-year player come in, knowing the connections to Orlando Antigua, and just someone that can you know, just make high-level plays within your offense. And uh, he'd be everything that Brad Underwood would hope for for a long-term solution at the point guard spot. Derek, um, sometimes I hate comps because people take them too literally, but I'm trying to think of the impact or, or style of play. And I don't know if he's quite the defender of these two, but when, when I think of Curbelo and the impact, I, I feel like um, – it's kind of like your Cardinals with Yachty Molina. Like there's intrinsic value that you can't account for. Um, a Derek Walton kind of player, you know, like a Xavier Simpson where he's just kind of the engine that runs everything. Like how, how would you think of that kind of comp or impact to a program? 
Yeah, that one makes sense to me. I, I know style of play. He, he's not as speedy as a Tony Parker, but that just is what he kind of reminds me of. Okay. Uh, just, I, I think you have it pegged pretty well there with just a, a Xavier Simpson, a four-year type of guy, and maybe not to the extent of the scoring, but uh, someone like a Cassius Winston who, who's yeah. going to be around for four years and uh, is going to, you would think, win a lot of games and more suited for the college game than, than the NBA. But, uh, yeah, just – offensively and and passing and all of that defensively he he does some things he's crafty at both ends of the floor uh he doesn't have the strength to really be that imposing on the ball but he can be a little pesky and uh again knows the right places to be but I think that his value throughout a four-year career is higher than maybe what his recruiting rankings say at 55 or or whatever that may be because some of those players of course one and dones two and dones over the course of a four-year career he's going to be as valuable as anybody in this class in my opinion what do you think of the competition here Derek um and what do you think of a a timeline for him yeah Miami's tough Miami has already had him on campus for official visit two weeks ago Uh, of course they have a big Latin American presence there that's not a very far flight from Puerto Rico about two and a half hours in, in comparison to having to go five, five and a half hours to Chicago and then and then drive down to Champaign uh, when you think about getting his family to campus and, and whatnot. So uh, also Oregon's in there, and Illini fans have, have learned not to <laughs> take them lightly or they know that how big those recruiting muscles are at Oregon. Of course, the facilities, the Nike brand, uh, and they just know how to win recruitment. So that visit is scheduled for next weekend, and if Curbelo were to – to say he wants to take all of them and go to Oregon, you, you would have to acknowledge that and, and know that they could they could impress him for sure. They haven't been recruiting him nearly as long. He just offered in late August. Miami offered back in the spring. Illinois has been the longest standing one where it was last summer, and Orlando Antigua was recruiting him b- before that. So uh, as far as relationships, Illinois doesn't really have anyone that's really at eye level with them. Uh, Orlando Antigua played pro ball with Curbelo's dad, they, they actually knew each other since Orlando was 16 years old. So that is all playing towards Illinois' advantage. Of course, the head coach relationship is important, too. I've heard some good things there with Brad, and I know that some people, uh, rightly so, have questioned that in the past, not with Curbelo, but with some other targets. So uh, overall, Miami is one to, to watch out for for different reasons, but uh, Illinois is right there, and it, it's probably a toss-up going to this visit. Uh, Derek, you had a great uh, hoops recruiting lounge earlier in the week. People can read the Andre Curbelo visit primer there. Uh, and and I know a lot of people signed up for our promo, so appreciate you signed up for that. But if you missed it, you can get a dollar for your first month if you sign up for the monthly. Uh, so you can give it a try. And if you don't like it, of course, you can cancel. But a dollar for the first month if you want to try all this out. Easy chance to do that at com. You wrote about Adam Miller in your hoops recruiting lounge, Derek, so people can read that on the site. But I'll give you this question. Over, under for decision day for Adam Miller. I put November 21st. That is the day after the end of the early signing period. So give me an over under before or after November 21st. That's a good one. That is one of the pressing questions right now uh, in a line of basketball uh, recruiting. He keeps continues to say December or January for a decision. And, and from what I've heard, it sounds like Illinois is the only school that is in position to get him early. If as to say, I don't think if he's going to decide early, I think it would be for Illinois. 
Uh, otherwise, I, I think if he pushes it past, then, then maybe it's one of the other schools. Maybe it's a different school we're not even talking about. But uh, I actually think there's still a legit possibility, a real possibility that's before December, that it is in the early signing period. And I would actually lean that way and say under November 21st. Okay. So getting him inked in the early signing period would be huge for Illinois, of course. Uh, and I, I think that that's the way I would lean right now. Of course, my crystal ball is, is still for Illinois. He would wait to watch Illinois or to wait for other programs? Because I know he's been pretty impressive out there lately, right? Yeah, he was really impressive from everything that I've read uh, and had our national evaluators buzzing with what he did at the USA Basketball Camp last weekend in Colorado Springs. And he's actually done really well in those settings, which is obviously bodes well for his uh, you know his future at the college level, but also uh, you know I've said that he he wasn't as good as I thought he would be at Peach Jam. He was inefficient, but uh, playing with other high level players, he played with other good guards. Uh, I think that also shows that he's willing to play with you know other talented pieces in the backcourt. But uh, yeah, I, if he waited, of course, you know teams miss out on, on their top targets, and maybe they get involved. Uh, and you just never know what can happen when you extend it out into the late signing period. But uh, why would he wait? I think there are a couple of lines of thinking. One, he's not sold on Illinois. He's looking for uh, another option. Uh, maybe he wants to watch Illinois, and maybe he wants to watch Io because those two played together. We've talked about that dynamic in the past. Of uh, They obviously respect each other's games, but Adam isn't really interested in playing in Io's shadow again. He did that at Morgan Park. Uh, again, I think he has a lot of respect for Io, but uh, as far as what's best for him, he wants if you know him coming to Illinois would be under the assumption that Io is gone and it's kind of his his turn to take over. So, uh, does he want to wait and see if Io's in position after the first month of the season to get drafted? Maybe that's something he's checking out. Uh, also, Derek, staff going with a lot of 2021 visitors and 2022 visitors this weekend. Um, an in-state feel to all this, too. Just a couple of them. Brandon Weston, Bryce Hopkins, I know you love him, and he blew up this summer. Ahmad Bynum, A.J. Casey in the 2022 class. It feels like, I mean, homecoming weekend's a nice weekend to do that with, with all the alumni that come down here, but what's the strategy behind this? Is just to get these guys together at the same place at the same time and, and kind of sell them what they're, they're building here? Yeah, for sure. And homecoming weekend is a, is a good time to do that because you have a lot of you know, in-state pride and guys coming back. And also with Curbelo in town, it's going to have a big-time feel. And uh, unfortunately, there's not a better game uh, football-wise to, to take them to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a high-level opponent, and, and, you know, hopefully Illinois competes and, and makes it entertaining to watch. But going to have an open practice uh, on Saturday afternoon. I actually heard that uh, if you're in the area, that the doors are probably going to be open after the football game, 2.30 if you want to come check that out. So uh, just a chance for the in-state guys to see this team in practice, see that they're going in the right direction, seeing that, you know, they got some talented pieces. We're to watch Io, to watch Kofi, uh, Trent, and Andres. And, uh, yeah, a chance to bring them together and, and let them know that, you know, those two or if they, you know, two of them, three of them uh, want to pair up in the 2021 class, that's going to be an important, important group. So uh, that's something that they haven't been able to do, haven't been able mm -hmm. to execute enough in the past since Underwood's been hired here, getting enough young guys. And I know that there's been a lot of uh, talk about they've had to recruit late into recruiting classes and, and not move on to the next one. So that would be really big if, if they're able to get a Adam Miller and Andre Curbelo and then spend a lot of time on a Bryce Hopkins or yeah. Brandon Weston. So uh, I think that that is big to get some of the highest profile, you know, up-and-comers in the state to come down to Champaign this weekend. Yeah. 
it feels like they finally caught up and they're actually getting ahead of the curve uh, for some of these offers yeah. in state. So it feels like the first time in a long time. Um, we we kind of forget about this. Illinois does have a commit in the class of 2020, Coleman Hawkins. And um, you, you had a, a little bit uh, in, in your lounge, Derek, that said uh, Coleman Hawkins might be coming to Champaign to play. What, what's that going to be about? Yeah, so Prolific Prep is in the process of finalizing uh, their schedule, and, and I was told that they have plans currently to come next month and, and play in Champaign. Uh, cool. Where exactly that's going to be? Is it going to be at State Farm? Is it going to be at a you know Parkland College? Because if you remember, T. John Lucas came mm-hmm. down and played there. Unfortunately, that was the game he got he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, he got undercut on a layup. Uh, where that exactly is going to be, and the opponents are not finalized yet. I, I've heard a couple of of opponents, and it sounds like you know out of state, you know type of programs, uh, prep school type of programs with, with some interesting talent that would be entertaining to come see. So uh, maybe cool. they're, they're going to play two games here in Champaign and, and get a chance to check out Coleman. All right, Derek, when we come back, off-season talk. Everyone gets excited about every player and what could be the possibilities of all of this. So let's play a game a little buy or sell with all the Illini off-season talk right after this quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Derek, this is the time to be optimistic every time of year for Illinois basketball. And and we hear all these offseason stories. Some turn out to be true. Some turn out not to be great. Like uh, the biggest one I think of is, is uh, Brad Underwood's comp of Mark Smith to Jason Kidd. Yeah, right? that, one didn't, that one didn't work out so well. He's, he's started to not say as much about freshmen since then. Right? Like I, I think Jason Kidd as a head coach is what he meant. Yeah. What's the biggest positive one? Like, you know, offseason buzz that has turned out. I guess Georgie would be. A big one. Yeah. I don't even know if they thought he'd be that good right away. They didn't though. think he'd be that good. They mm-hmm. they did continue to, to emphasize that he's going to be someone that can make an impact early. So that one right. was good. It wasn't hard to peg Io. That, right. that one was kind of given. Um, it's not been a lot of them here recently. They sold Andres. They sold Andres. <laughs> yeah, they did. And, and that was – like I mean, when you, when you and I saw him work out, I'm, I'm like, yep, take that guy. I yep. need that guy. Um, all right, so let's get into it. Kofi Coburn. I, I don't know if anyone's causing more buzz than him. I mean, just a physical presence Illinois hasn't had ever <laughs> out of a freshman big right. man. Um, so buy or sell, Kofi is a likely all-freshman Big Ten team guy. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to buy it. I, I, I think would too. I'm, I'm going to buy it. I, I love the feedback and what I've seen so far in, in open workouts and open practice. Uh, he is in very, very good shape for as much as you could be as, as a seven-footer and with that kind of build, uh, being in the mid-280s and not a whole lot of body fat, under 10%. So uh, I, I like what I've seen a lot as far as getting the ball to him inside, him running the floor in transition. I think he's going to rebound. Uh, what we really haven't seen so far is how he's going to handle you know, foul trouble, physicality, right. what's going to be called, what's not going to be called against him because he does play really, really physical, similar to Georgie. Uh, and, and that is going to be something to judge, but – I wouldn't be surprised if he's the best freshman center in the in the conference, and I expect him to to play a big role. And 
Yeah, I, I think he yeah. can be all, all Big Ten freshman. Um, I, I expect foul trouble. I expect defensive issues. I kind of expect somewhat similarities of what I expected for Jeremiah Tillman, which would be frustrating at times, right? Uh, but like Tillman, I think him, he'll walk in and make an impact right away. Um, the thing I like hearing the most, Derek, and, and kind of seeing the most based on his body is the work ethic and how Brad Underwood talks about how he wants to be great. I think that's important with big men especially, right? Because a lot of these big men just play basketball because they're told to play basketball and they're good at it. Um, I like hearing those X factors of this guy wants to put in the work to be great. I think that's important, and that just sets you apart. And I think he's got such a good example with Georgie Bashanishvili, and they seem tied at the hip right now, which is, I mean, if there's anybody you want to rub off on a, on a freshman big man, it's Georgie. No, you said it right there. The two setting the example with Georgie and Io. And, and they know and they push Kofi every single day and, mm-hmm. and they know that, you know, Kofi has such a high ceiling and, and every time they walk into the gym, all they do is got to look at, you know, Kofi was talking about this. You just look at each other and know I got to bring it today. And of course, Orlando Antigua, someone that built a long relationship with him, pushing him every day. And you love the response. Yeah. Kofi voluntarily run, running a mile on, on this treadmill after every practice. Uh, that shows that he wants to be a big time player. Of course, he has NBA aspirations. Uh, but he wants Illinois to win, and he wants yeah. to, to come in and make an impact. So uh, I think he is he is prepared to do so. As much as as positive as the, the feedback could be on him uh, at this point in the season or this point in the preseason, uh, he is there. He is there, and that's, that's encouraging. All right. Uh, Georgie's uh, jumper will be much improved, buy or sell? I'm going to sell. Uh, I haven't seen it. I, I didn't see it in Italy. I haven't seen it in practice. Really, that's – one of my biggest concerns, it's probably second right behind the defense, is how does Georgie, how effective is Georgie when him and Kofi are on the floor together? Uh, and from what I've seen so far is he just doesn't look that impactful, that effective uh, offensively. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean, as far as scoring, uh, he can make good passes, he can play on the perimeter, he can uh, cut and post up, and but that's they got to find ways to get him the ball on the block because I haven't seen his jumper uh, be consistent enough, haven't seen the confidence, and uh, I wouldn't expect him to be a 35-plus three-point shooter at this point in time. If he if he can't do that, is that okay? If he can't make that jumper, how, how's that work out? Like, Because that's like the big storyline. Like, It's a good problem to have for me, um, but is can they work that high-low? Can he just be a mid-range jumper and be fine? Yeah, I, I think that if he's able to hit it free-throw line extended or, or baseline jumper, that's something that – uh, obviously adds value and, and spaces the floor and opens up the paint for Kofi. But if he's not able to hit the mid-range, or if he's, especially if he's not able to hit the mid-range, but also the three-point ball, then I think you're just getting into a situation where maybe you start Georgie and Kofi and show that look and make opponents deal with it, and then maybe you don't see it the rest of the half. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's something you don't go to, and uh, you just rotate them in and out, especially uh, with Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk. At the four, how ready is he to contribute early on? You're just kind of thin up front, and that's one factor, but also not taking away George's effectiveness uh, by maybe playing with Kofi. All right, I'm going to switch this one up a little bit. Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk. The staff hasn't, like, put cold water on this. They're actually raising the expectation for him. So I'll put this. Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk, a top eight score for Illinois. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I would. I would buy that. I would okay, so it. you take the starters. I'm guessing Alan Griffin, Tev. Yeah. I would imagine. But I, I would I would buy him over Demonte. Yeah. And would you buy him over Kipper? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> right. Probably. At this point. 
Probably, and maybe even Tev. Uh, it depends. I, I think that uh, Tev is still – Tev is not where you want him to be at this point. I'm not saying that he uh, still doesn't possess the upside and the ability and the, show the flashes that we've, we've all seen. Uh, but I, I think that with Benjamin's physicality, uh, maybe he is – he gets the nod when he's healthy uh, over Tev. And uh, you hear a lot about his IQ and uh, knowing where to be and making passes and everything. I think that would be an advantage that he would have over him. So, uh, And Benjamin can shoot the three. So yeah. I, I, w- I would buy top eight score. Uh, by the way, your daily Andy Katz is buying Illinois reference. He has seven freshmen who aren't getting talked about enough. He says Kofi Coburn. So yeah. there you go. He's all in. He's all in on these Illini being a four seed or whatever it is in the NCAA tournament. So I don't know what uh, Brad Underwood's telling him, but uh, he's he's buying it. All right, uh, speaking of Kipper, buy or sell, uh, what did Brad Underwood say about his offseason the other day? I can't forget. I can't remember the exact quote. But he was basically saying Kipper is as locked in as he's ever been. Yeah, um, he, he did say through the start of practice he's been one of the most consistent players. consistency is a different thing for Kipper. So here, Kipper Nichols, buy or sell, has figured out his role and will be the best version of himself this year. For his sake, I hope it's a buy. (laughs) I really do. I hope it's a buy because he he means a lot to that locker room. A lot of those players hold him in high regard, great personality. Uh, And I I saw an open practice last week that he actually played pretty decent. He had consistent effort, and that's all you really got to ask from him. Mm -hmm. And and that would be – a, a role that is is much needed at the four. Uh, I, I just think in general, as far as uh, best version of himself. For me, that's play defense, rebound, and hit a three. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, by your role. Like, he doesn't need to be the star. Like, because going into last year, it felt like he needed to be, what, the second or third best player on that team? Um, or at least the top four player on that team. This year, we're probably going to have, what, nine or something like that? Ten? So, just just – do what DeMonte does, only hit more shots. Yeah. Right? Like, his three-point percentage went so down last year. But confidence is an issue. And, yeah, as you said, effort seems to be an issue. But I think that goes along with confidence. He he was just rattled last year. He, he didn't want any part of Maui and playing on that stage. And uh, that, that needs to change around for him. I'll sell this because I just can't buy yeah, consistency point, out of right? Kipper. But I hope, like you, I, I, I really like him as a person. And, and boy, he's got a skill set that they could really use when he's on, when he's confident, when he's locked in. But I'll sell. All right, Alan Griffin, breakout season, buy or sell? I'm buying that. Uh, I've seen enough through the offseason in Italy. Uh, his his buy into his role is what has me buying mm-hmm. this, is with uh, rebounding and shooting the three. And I think he's better defensively than he was uh, maybe even earlier in this offseason, but also at the end of last season, uh, makes fewer mistakes. He's still going to have to show that when the pressure's turned up, when the bright lights are on, it's a big game. He's not going to turn over, turn the ball over if the ball's in his hands on the perimeter. But uh, he is someone that looks like one of Illinois' best four or five rebounders and yeah. someone that uh, is going to provide a consistent effort and impact there. So I'll buy that. It feels like this could be what we've wanted out of DeMonte Williams, right? Like DeMonte does all those little things well, and and seems like Alan Griffin's bought into that, but maybe we got a guy who can make shots yeah. and attack the rim and, and, and finish at the rim. I'll buy well, into Alan Griffin as a breakout. More explosive, too. He dunked on Iowa yes. at open practice last yeah. Friday. That was all impressive. Right. Your guy, Tevian Jones, you kind of made mention of this. I'm guessing you're selling Tevian Jones having a breakout season. I am, yeah. And I hate that I am because I kind of pegged him as my guy. Uh, in that freshman class, obviously outside of Io, uh, but he just 
hasn't necessarily figured it out. And, and that is more so, I think, with the mental side than it is physical. Uh, there is something, you know, he's a good athlete. Lateral quickness, and that's where defensively he gets himself into trouble. Uh, that is a weak spot. Uh, but run, jump, dunk, athleticism, he's got that. He's got the length. He's got the wow playability. Uh, but he just continues to make some of the same mistakes. And, and maybe it takes getting into the season in a couple of months and he breaks through. I still yeah. think he has a chance to be a, a pretty darn good player. And I especially like him as an upperclassman. I just think as far as where we hoped or where the staff hoped he would be going into his sophomore year, uh, he's a little bit behind while Allen's a little bit ahead. Yeah, it feels like a kid whose offense kind of determines everything while Allen's not. Right. Like yeah, that, that's kind that's of feels point. like. Um, the Illini defense will be much improved by yourself. This has kind of been your storyline of the year mm-hmm. for Derek Piper. Yeah. Uh, Illinois got to hope if Mandy Katz is going to be as <laughs> yeah. as bold as he's going to be. Katz is buying. Why aren't you buying? He's got to. He's got to buy it. Uh, Hater. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't seen enough yet. I got to sell. Thank you. I, I think much improved is the sell. I, will it be improved? It's got. It's got to be. And I think. Well, I thought the Illinois football defense would be improved because they had nowhere to go but up, but that hasn't worked out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I do think Kofi plays yeah. maybe more of a factor than I gave him credit for on, on defense heading into uh, the off season. Uh, I think his size, and I've already seen him guard. You know, when he guards Georgie, he, he makes it tough. He, he makes it tough for you to carve out some space in the paint and. Uh, if he's just there while a guard gets to the rim and, and he's in the area, he's gonna that big body's gonna make you maybe think think twice before you put up your shot. So uh, we it's yet to be seen how much tweaking, and that's where I, I think the biggest the the X factor is how much tweaking is Brad Underwood willing to do with his defense? How much zones he willing to play, but more so how much tweaking is he willing to do mm-hmm. with his man to man, where you're not gambling, you're not defending on an island. And I've heard bits and pieces that they're considering making some adjustments and that they're working that in in practice. Are we actually going to see that when competition gets going? Because I know Underwood loves to create turnovers. Uh, We'll see. But for now, much improved. I will say so. Okay. Um, Last one. Io DeSumo will be a lottery pick. Buy or sell? Uh, I'll buy. I I don't think it's super – it's not a no-brainer. He can still be a first-round pick. And not a lottery pick, uh, first rounder. There's no. I think that's a buy for sure. Absolutely. I, th- I think he's a no doubt first rounder. And I'd almost go no doubt top twenty ish mm-hmm. pick. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I think you would agree, Derek. Like when you're looking at the top of this list, like Anthony Edwards, who's going to Georgia, R.J. Hampton, Cole Anthony. I don't think he's in that group. No, he's um, not. Theo Meldon coming from France. Lamelo Ball seems to be crushing it in New Zealand, which is really cool uh, that he's figured it out away from his father. Um, so it's really cool. But you know, what I mean, like this, he's in the this, Nico this... Mannion range, which is going to make that <laughs> early season matchup really intriguing. Yeah, so it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting because like I think I needs to shoot really well, right? Like he does a lot of little things well. Like he's going to be able to defend at the next level. Uh, he's going to be able to create at the next level. He's got to shoot really well from the outside because he just doesn't have – not that he's a bad athlete, but some of these other guys we're talking about have elite quickness or elite athleticism, and he just doesn't have quite those elite physical tools that all these NBA teams are looking for, whether it's Russell Westbrook's athleticism or even Kobe White, like his explosiveness and speed, right? Um, so I think it's just more of a physical thing, but if he shoots well, uh, I think people are going to really like Io because they're going to be able to plug him into their – roster for the next five six years and feel really good that he's going to make some kind of impact 
Yeah, he's not super explosive off the floor, and he's really most times, although he's he's gotten better, I wouldn't call him a below-the-rim finisher, although we saw a lot of that last year. Uh, he has improved his explosiveness, but really the in-between game, when he's coming off the ball screen, he's got to be able to hit the pull-up jumper. Uh, he's got to be able to shoot off the bounce because last year he showed that he was near, I don't know if elite's the right word, but top tier of, of catch and shoot, and that was surprising. Uh, and he has gotten stronger. The Def- consistent defensive impact is something I'm looking for. Uh, and then also, you know, off the dribble game, making passes, because uh, and- he's going to have to be a point guard at the next level for the most part, uh, or at least a combo, uh, someone that can handle the ball quite a bit. So I agree with you, though. To, to play in that league and stick in that league, you got to be a, a big time shooter. I have no doubt he's going to stick in the league. It's just will will somebody invest a lottery pick? And um, I almost, but he's kind of like a Rui Hachimura of point guards, right? Like there's nothing like special physically about Rui outside of his height. Um, so if if a team at the back end of the lottery, I wouldn't be surprised. It's just, I don't know if I'm completely buying it. All right, before we get out of here, Derek, let's give some quick takes on some news of the week throughout the Illini world. That's coming up next as we wrap up the Illini Enquirer podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Derek, uh, Josh Whitman is a master of when something bad happens. Hey, look at this. <laughs> right. Like, and he does pretty well at it. Like they're, they're not just like, hey, this uh, this one million dollar donation. It's usually some big, big announcement. And on Monday, after getting uh, losing that Michigan game and falling to two and four and everybody talking about hot seats, uh, he introduces that Illinois is going to Ireland to play Nebraska to start the 2021 season. They're taking away a home game going to uh, Ireland and kicking off in week zero. Yay or nay for this, Derek? Are you on board? Yeah, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I, I say yay. I think there are some some side, sides to it to where, as you mentioned, taking away a home game, competitive advantage isn't there at Memorial Stadium right now, but maybe uh, if there's a new coach, there's a new energy, if you have a decent season next year, all of a sudden that could change. Uh, and and from a season ticket holder perspective, I, I could see not being happy with it. From a student athlete perspective, there this is a no brainer. This is obviously Absolutely. on the positive side, and I saw that firsthand with uh, the basketball team uh, being over in Italy th- this past summer. So, uh, and then also for Alina Inquirer coverage, I say it's a yeah. Oh man. I got, you, I'm man. a big winner in all of this. Yeah. My wife texted me and goes, we're going. So I got to save up there. We, we might need to skimp on some of the road trips uh, to get to Iowa. No, I'm, I'm pumped about this. So anybody media is covering it. Anyone in the program has to be pumped about this. Uh, the players should be really happy about this. Anybody that can afford to make the trip of a lifetime and do this. Um, as for the taking away a home game, I can understand that. Um, but I, I think is even if I was a season ticket holder, I mean, you're not paying for the ticket. And how many fans are showing up to these games anyway? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Josh Whitman, it's sad that he has to think like that, but um, I do think it's, it's a good opportunity. I think the people who should be most upset about this are local businesses, right? Hotels, uh, restaurants, and anything associated with, when people gaggles of people come in town, especially Nebraska fans and the fifteen thousand who show up, that stinks. 
Like that stinks. And, and I know Josh Whitman had to, to weigh that into there, but at the end of the day, he has to think about his players' experience and his programs, you know, marketing abilities and all of that. So, and, and they did get money from the sponsors of all this to, to support it. But for that week, that's going to be really cool for that program. So I can understand local businesses really hating this. I can understand some fans not liking this, but it felt like, a lot of people not liking it, Derek, was because Illinois is just not good at football right now. Right. And, and this feels like a sideshow to them. But I would just tell them, like, I, I don't think Josh Whitman could pass up this opportunity as a former student athlete himself. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And just with the season ticket holders, if you look at the opponents now coming into town for that year, it's not all that intriguing. Uh, and taking out Nebraska, right. I understand some frustrations there. But, yeah, absolutely. It's just channeled frustration for what is, uh, what's going on with Illinois football right mm-hmm. now. And then I think there may be some added when they hear Josh say, well, this would be our opportunity to make a statement on a national stage, and this will be like a bowl game. And everybody's saying, well, you're not going to a bowl game. Uh, and, and I understand that's could trigger some more frustration mm-hmm. and and yeah as you mentioned look at this when this is going on but then again that's part of josh whitman's job and just yeah. setting this program up uh in the right spot so right. Uh, I, I don't blame him for, for making this move to be honest yeah okay bennett williams commits to oregon over the week ron harge the third also committed to uh, oregon state so two former alumni going out there um i'm wondering derek how many wins would bennett williams have added the last two years hmm USF, right? Like, we always bring that one up. And would they have beaten Nebraska or would they have beaten Eastern Michigan? Like, would he have been worth two or three wins? Like, that was a huge loss that because he was a fantastic player. Obviously, Oregon thinks very highly of him, as they should. Uh, And obviously, it's it's on his decisions that Bennett Williams made, ultimately. But, like, that – there's been some attrition, and attrition happens at every program. But when you look at Lou Dorsey and, you know, even guys like Cam Thomas probably wouldn't have made an impact, but Larry Boyd and, and Bennett Williams and even Larray Oladipo, who's been suspended for long stints the last couple of years, like this program couldn't afford that. And those are really good gets and recruiting and good finds and, and just weren't able to hold on to them. Well, there's a domino effect with your depth chart, too. Uh, if he's mm-hmm. playing, if he's solidified at the, the free safety and then maybe you don't move. Tony Adams back there, he's playing corner with Nate Hobbs, and, and yeah. their corner group is now stronger. And, and yeah, that was a freshman All-American. So uh, I think, obviously, Illinois football would have liked to see think how many that. more wins they would have had. If they were 5-7 and seven and 4-2 and two right now. Like, that, it feels like a possibility. I think how much different that is. And I, I'm not trying to put it all on one guy, but, boy, that would have been a nice piece. And they are pretty close to winning all those games if you have a better secondary. So... It's just interesting thinking it's in the about line that. of bad breaks that has led to some of these things. Yeah. Okay. Last one for you, Derek. Better statue, Grange or Buckus? Hmm. I'll, I'll be transparent here. I actually haven't walked by the Buckus in person yet, so I'm gonna have to do that this weekend. Uh, the the Buckus looks pretty epic from the pictures I've seen, though. Uh, I might lean lean that way. I I personally love how Red Grange is set up. At the great, you know, west entrance there, everyone kind of comes and sees him. But I got to say, and, and the sculptor's done an unbelievable job. George Lundin, like, these aren't like R- Cristiano Ronaldo statues, right? Like, <laughs> these are fantastically done, and, and you can get up close to it and see all the intricate details. I got to say, the action of the Buckus one, though, was perfect. Like, the way he sets that up, kind of launching himself with a grimace at people. I think I give this slight edge to Buckus. Plus, Buckus was there to unveil it. Yeah, right? I'm a little biased after listening <laughs> to that gave press that, conference. Oh, it was one of the best I've ever been. Derek, like, 
Have you ever found yourself at a press conference just leaning back and, and listening? Like, because we're all sitting there on our on our computers, right? Like typing up as, as fast as we can and then tweeting out. Like for like 10 minutes that one, I just sat back, didn't care what else, like feeding people information. I was just listening to Uncle Dick tell stories. That's right. That's right. That, that yeah. was as good of a, no, probably the best, the best press conference I've ever been in. The, and what the, is the uh, best press conference you've ever been in? That's got to be it. I, I can't think of a, a topper. We talk a lot about, you know, I, I found myself doing that when Tim Miles would take the stage at yes. Big Ten Media Day, but mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to, hard to beat that. We've had John Gross saying Illinois is in a great place. <laughs> that was memorable. That's fiery. Bruce Weber lamenting that he didn't coach Draymond Green. And players like Robbie Hummel. Mm-hmm. Um, Ron Zook telling Shannon, really? <laughs> or Bob, Bob, Bob. Uh, usually they're not on the good side of things. Right, right. right? Still entertaining, so but. Yeah, so it's nice having. It's nice having. Or Tim Beckman telling the media to be more positive. Uh, good times. Could we have Dick Buckus uncensored on a Line Inquirer podcast, or we have to edit that a little bit? We could run. I would run that. Yeah, on a podcast. Just say, hey, no bleeps here. <laughs> DWS was pushing that button so quickly. Know. Know. And if people don't know, Derek, like on the radio, if Juan presses that button, it has to reset. So it takes like, I think like a half hour to reset for one time. Mm. So I'm it's not like they can then. keep buttoning it. Yeah. All right, Derek, good stuff, man. Enjoy the weekend. Should be a fun one with the fall open practice and everything. Thanks, man. Yeah, you too, man. Have a good All one. All right, everybody, uh, have a great weekend. Isaac Trotter and I will have the post-game podcast for Alana Inquirer after Wisconsin, Illinois, breaking down whatever happens during it. Uh, thanks for listening to us. Subscribe to us. Rate us. Review us. We appreciate that. We'll talk to you next time on the Alana Inquirer podcast. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG.